Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Joe Mills. He's the business dev manager over at Element 3, and he's also the co-owner and founder of Summit Strength. So with E3, they are they have a tech firm within their marketing agency, correct? Yeah, that's a way to think about it. Um, we have been up for a couple of words inside of the tech market, and I think to expand on that is, is that we've understood the importance of technology in the growing marketing infrastructure, both in terms of automation, but in this instance, also uh, website development. So we have a full stack development service inside of our agency, which is a bit unique for most of the agency landscape. And tell me more about uh, some strength. I'm, I'm an avid CrossFit person now. You got me hooked, but yeah. tell me a little bit more about the differentiation of Summit versus other gyms, other CrossFit. Yeah, I, I think our biggest differentiator over at Summit is the personal touch you're going to get with us. Uh, we have a couple rules on how many coaches have to be on the floor in relation to athletes, and that is something you simply don't find in your fitness space. I think we've done a really nice job of making sure that everybody who comes in is getting legitimate coaching, not just paying for the environment and paying for the fact that you get to say, I go to a CrossFit gym, which carries a certain je ne sais quoi about it, um, but also that you are really being kept safe and being taught correct techniques as far as the movements inside of the gym as well. So, Joe, we're going to roll it back to Element yeah, Radio. We're going to yeah. do another episode with uh, with uh, Summit Strength. But the, the, the interesting thing I thought was um, from just a friend of a friend that we got introduced, um, the biggest interest, biggest thing that I learned was you were both soccer nerds. Yeah, or big time. Or, um, I used to, well, I'm less more of a soccer nerd now, but more of our how we aligned ourselves more towards um, marketing and what we've done since college and kind of focused on there. Um, I've gone the analytics route, the data route, you've gone the biz dev route, but you understand how to articulate to talking with, a, to speaking with a customer, mm-hmm. to bring them into that journey path. And just to give everybody a little bit of background of how, how we met and that kind of stuff. You had an interesting article in Element 3 talking about um, rethinking your RFP process. And I think that's essential of the core value that I see in you of the customer experience that you bring. It's, it's top-notch. You are very transparent in what you try to deliver. But in this article that I was reading on Element 3, which will be shared in on this episode, um, can you dive a little bit more in why companies should be rethinking this? Yeah, no, that's a good question, Sean. Um, the RFP process is not in and of itself inherently bad. Um, and I want to make that, that point out there immediately. Um, we have responded to RFPs. There are times, um, particularly with enterprise level companies, that for legal and procurement purposes, they simply have to do an RFP process. But at the same time, I like to, to warn people and to think through some, some common things that are missed inside of the RFP process that don't necessarily have to be and are easier to accomplish without the RFP. And the first one is you are not going to get the entire experience of buying a service, in our, in our case, um, from what you can read on paper. There's a myriad of reasons for this, but the biggest one is service industries and professional services in general really come down to the relationship 
and the ability for me to understand you and our team to understand your business. And if you can't find that relationship there, it really doesn't matter about prior experience or um, how much knowledge they have. It simply is not going to be a super rewarding experience for you. You might be able to see increases in your conversion rates, or you might be able to see increases in lead generation to your platform. Um, and a lot of people can make those happen for you. But what necessarily not really can make happen for you is the right kind of chemistry and the right kind of relationship that grows into be a five-year partnership where you're you're evolving as a business, you're growing from point A to point B. Um, and you can't know that if you are submitting a piece of paper and asking somebody to fill out answers to questions. It's just very, very hard to do. And like I said, I understand for some people it's, hey, I have to go get 20 quotes. I have to go talk to this many people. Procurement has this process in order to clear it. We have to go through this process. That's fine. You can answer RFPs in different ways that still address those questions. I just think that it's number one, first and foremost, you will not know about the quality of your, your relationship if you are just talking to somebody via email and via a piece of paper and the answer is on it. I think number two, you are only getting the absolute best work available to be shown to you, right? Um, because once again, you're answering questions on a piece of paper, you're going to go, myself, for example, if, if I'm helping to fill out an RFP at LM3, and if I worked anywhere else, and I'm sure that the biz dev guy down the road is doing the same thing, I'm going to go find all of our best work and just present it to you with no context. Because you can't have any context, right? Because once again, there's not a conversation happening. It's to be the same, hey, I took this really nicely made case study that my marketing team produced, I put it into your RFP response, and I sent it off to you. You really don't know how we got there. You didn't get to ask questions a lot. Was this the original strategy? Um, how did you get to that strategy? What was your, your path to get there? What, you know, how did you make these results happen? And it's the how that matters a lot more than the results because everybody's situation is really unique, right? And every project presents itself a little bit of a different challenge. So if I'm just showing you the absolute best that I can show you on paper, I'm not taking you through the process with which those goals were achieved or rather through which those goals were achieved. You're going to miss things inside of those steps that are really important for knowing if element three is the best choice for you or if employee uh, agency B is the best um, option for you. So those really matter. And then finally, the last one, um, which is probably the most important one, and, and one that I have to imagine includes more agencies than our own, I have to imagine, I know it includes more agencies than our own, is that we actually can't share via, via paper some of the work that we do because there are NDAs that are signed, um, and a lot of the work that we do is big brand work. And the fact of the matter is that's kind of like you can treat that like intellectual property, right? I can't just go give that away to somebody in documented form and say, hey, go ahead and use these same ideas that you want to take out of this RFP and implement them over here because it's a legal break of, of law right, to do that. So to be able to walk people through some of the bigger branding work that our agency completes, I'm sure other agencies complete, um, and they're not allowed to share via formal case study or on the website or one-pagers or anything else, only really allowed to talk about things verbally. If you can't do that, um, you're also, once again, not getting the full picture. And so I think to summarize those points to, to make them quick is, uh, number one, you will not be able to test your relationship via the very traditional RFP process. Number two, 
you're going to be served on a platter without any context around it, case studies that say we can do this work. But you're not going to get to ask those follow-up questions along. How does this work apply to me? Am I seeing the connection here? And maybe you actually don't, and then you eliminate an agency that actually has a lot of connection to you, but doesn't have the ability to provide context. And then three, you might not even be seeing some of the some of the best things that apply to you because they are held by NDAs that do not allow people to physically create copies of it, but you can have conversations around uh, work accomplished. So um, I think those are the three things I outlined in that, in that piece as well that just talk about, hey, here's, here are reasons to reconsider your RFP process. Not that it is, once again, I don't like making overarching statements that things are just flat wrong. There are places where it works. There are situations in which you have to use it, but there are other ways to go about finding an agency or another professional services partner. You hit on two things um, in that conversation. You reiterated two times. And I, I want you to kind of, and it was the how. A lot of people miss the how. They, they go to the what and be like the products, or they might even say why. Why is your customer? What's your audience? That kind of stuff. They never say, how do we get you there? The other one was context. Mm-hmm. How many times does an unsatisfied customer of another agency come to you and you explain to them the how and the context? What's their reaction to, to that process? Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, when I talk to somebody who's coming out of a prior agency relationship or they are looking for their next agency, agency relationship, it's interesting. The thing I hear most of the time is not disappointment in the work. This is very interesting, to me at least. It is disappointment in the relationship. It is disappointment in being heard. I don't, like, for example, I, this is the, the perspective client talking, I don't feel like I matter to them. See, because, like, we're all people, right? And so in my role, business development manager, read sales guy, right? It's all about building the relationships and, and showing people that you genuinely care about them and their results for their company. And I think that's one thing we do very, very well is that it doesn't matter if you are our biggest account or our smallest account, you're going to get attention that makes you feel like you matter because you do, because our teams are going to dive into it and we want your business to succeed. So the absolute most common thing I hear is, ah, I just feel frustrated. Um, I don't feel like I'm being heard. I feel like every conversation we're having, I have to initiate. It's kind of like, it's actually like dating, right? Like if you were going on a date with somebody and then after the date, they, they never call you first or they never shoot you the first text message, um, you start to wonder, like, do I, do I matter to them, right? Like, am I actually important or am I just another notch in the old belt in terms of people they've gone out with? It's kind of the same thing here. They're not reaching out for like update meetings. I don't really feel like it matter. I don't really know where my money's going. These are all communication relationship problems. The work can be productive and that can keep people around in your agency for, for a period of time. But if you're not connecting with them on like a real relationship level and being a partner rather than a vendor, what's going to happen is as soon as you have a bad month, you're looking for a reason out. You're looking for some reason not to be happy with them. And so taking the time to say, the relationship matters, especially at the beginning, almost more than the work does. It's just vital for that long-term play. You know, it's really, really important to make sure that that is established well because the results will be better because the relationship is better. And it's just, it's a human thing. That's the most, that's the most like obvious complaint I get. 
from people coming over. Well, I love it because that's what I preach in my marketing. That's what I preach in on this podcast is the human aspect. It's not about the four essential elements. It's about converging over coffee and that relationship element of learning from someone right across the table. Mm-hmm. So flipping over to more of an offline background, uh, not background, but uh, success, whatever you want to call it. Um, so obviously we have an article that we posted on this episode. What offline thing have you, you helped out with? And it could be with Element 3, it could be with Summit, but something that relates back to this, this customer experience of helping someone to guide them. Do you have a story around that? Yeah. No, I actually think that this is where owning a gym has come in very handy in terms of my professional development in my career. Um, every time we get a new client, Jeff, every time, um, unless they have been crossfitting right before they came to us or, you know, oh, I just took three months off and I'm back into it. Let's call it, every time we get somebody new to our form of exercise, um, they have to be walked along the process for, hey, this is, these are the movements. This is how we do that. Here's how you do them safely. And we have to take them from, I can't do it with a PVC pipe to I can do it with 200 pounds, right? And there's this process to get there. And it's, it's the same thing that I just talked about. It's making sure that those people feel like they matter. Because it's easy to walk into the gym and think, look to your left, look to your right. And even if the person doesn't look really fit, you go in and you start to do the workout and they're like, they know how to do the, the skill. They know how to lift the weight correctly. They're able to do more weight than you. It can be both very humbling and it can be both very intimidating to say, wow, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing here. And so that ability to, to basically care for that person and, and genuinely want them to learn this skill is the exact same way that I approach a, a sales conversation with a new prospective client. Because it's like, okay, you're only talking to me because you can't handle this marketing yourself. Otherwise, if you, if you could do it yourself and you could accomplish exactly what you're looking for the agency to accomplish, why would you be outsourcing? Well, you wouldn't be. So with that, I have to say, okay, what is your real problem? What are you really trying to solve? And my job here is to, to understand that point really well. So I can go talk to our team and say, this is what they're trying to solve. This is what we're, what we're going to be tasked with doing. And make sure that 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 is as seamless a process as possible and make sure the handoff is great so that when the client team comes in to actually scope the workout and make sure that the, the very first client kickoff is on point, everybody's on the same page. And you're being taken care of from the moment that you talk to element three from the moment that you start working with element three. It has to be a situation in which you know that you matter and you know that you're being taken care of and at the end of the day, your deliverable is gonna be what you're looking for. It's, it's the same, whether it's my small gym or my large marketing company, really the same process. Love it. Love it, Joe. So we're going to flip here a little bit um, and less about marketing and more about Joe Mills. Okay. So we know what you do for work. I mean, obviously, biz dev manager over at E3, you own or you co-own and you're the founder of Summit Strength. What do you do creative-wise that brings back into those two elements? That's an interesting question, to be honest with you. Um, there are a couple things that, uh, well, let me ask clarify. Are you looking for like what kind of feeds me? Yeah. Okay. There's a few things that, um, to, to be honest with you, the nice thing is that 
one of my hobbies is also coincidentally one of the things that I do professionally, right? Like I love working out and love fitness. And so that feeds me um, in terms of there are a lot of lessons. The reason the gym is open, there are a lot of lessons that I think can be learned from fitness that apply across your life. And so that feeds me. But I also think just like, honestly, spending time with people who matter, right? Like, so I got married last December. Taking time to spend time with my wife and to spend time with her family and with my family. Um, we travel a good amount Saturdays up to see her family, see my family. Um, it doesn't sound like it's a creative endeavor, but just the ability to go and connect with people again like is rejuvenate, rejuvenating to me. I'm a very natural extrovert, so I like to have like people interaction all the time, and I like new people. So the ability to go from my routine day to day and then mix it up a couple of days and go talk to people I haven't seen in a week or talk to people I haven't seen in a couple months is really like rejuvenating to me. And it gets me ready to go back and have those conversations with people again, both at element three and then back at the gym. Like it gets me excited to talk to my clients and it gets me excited to meet new people at work. Like it's kind of the same thing all the time in that like I just converse and have relationships, but that's what I genuinely love to do. So it's not a thing that I need like I need to get away from. Like it's just like more of it is better. Okay. That's awesome. No, and, and I've noticed that with your personality too, how you how you act. And even my next question was the health wise. Like how I mean, obviously I mean if you want to describe a little bit more of um, health wise, like being healthier mm-hmm. helps you. I mean, if you can we we've chatted before on the metaphysical, all that kind of stuff, yeah. the physical components, if you want to talk a little bit more about that, of how just being um, being your healthy self and not comparing to other people mm-hmm. um, really helps just your your whole life yeah. all around. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think about this often, right? Because I think it's what you're really selling when you own a fitness studio is not, you're not selling it's like six pack abs. You are not selling South Beach, Miami Beach body. Like what you are selling is, I, I think it's this. Um, and really, what you're selling as a professional services firm in general, because you're trying to get people like people come to you because they're nervous. They're like, I don't know how to do this, and I need an answer. So what you're actually selling, both of these, is confidence, right? You're selling the confidence that it, you can get better. Right, think about like a doctor once, right? Most people go to a doctor once a year for a checkup and then only when they're sick any other time, right? So if you walked into your doctor's office and you were like, hey doc, I've got this pain in my arm. It's right here and you're, you're poking it and showing him. And he goes, hmm, I got no idea how to fix that. That's, I've never seen that before. That's unnerving, right? That doesn't feel very good. You're like, now you're kind of worried, like man, like, Something really wrong with me. I'm like, losing my arm. This is like, what well, life threatening. You know, these things come to your mind. It's the same thing with element three. Somebody comes in and says, hey, I've got a problem with lead generation. And I would say to them, ooh, don't think I can help you there. Or, ooh, I, no, I haven't seen that one before. Let me test some stuff. Not very confident, right? But those little, that would be a very outward way of doing it. Like very obvious, less lack, less lack of confidence. But the other way to do it is to just not sound like you know what you're doing, to not have that calming presence, that like quiet confidence of like, I know what I'm doing here and I can help you, um, which I know for me, I really only feel when I feel like I've taken care of myself. 
central question of what does health do for you in the rest of your life? It gives me confidence. Like when, I, when I'm eating well and when I'm working out consistently and I'm sleeping and recovering well, I feel my best self and I can show up for people the way that they need me to show up. Because I can't walk into the gym and say to, to you, Sean, Sean, I don't really know how to do that. Because you're like, well, I'm supposed to learn from you, right? Same thing at element three. I can't walk up and somebody say to me, um, we've got this problem, that problem. And you go, hmm, we don't know how to do that, right? I mean, I could, like, if, if somebody came to me and said, hey, we have this problem, that problem, I'm going to be genuine and tell you, like, that's not something you want to hire us for. But it needs, like, you have to come across in a way that is, I'm in, I'm in control of myself and I can help you. And that consultative, like, diagnostic manner, I know I can only achieve when I'm feeling my best. And I only really feel my best when I'm very healthy, very active. And so those things all just like, they roll into each other really, really well. Well, Joe, thank you for sh sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, I appreciated you describing about element three, a little bit about summit strength and everything is just kind of tied in together. Um, I, I really appreciate you and in the sense of, you know, knowing, knowing yourself and knowing what, um, being your best self, I think is the best, best way of putting that. And I, and I see that every day at some strength is, is that I just don't see the E3 part. Yeah. So now that I can, I can, I can see that you, go from gym to agency that you're still giving your best self over there too. So thank you for being on this episode. I appreciate it. Man, I appreciate it. I thank you for letting me share kind of a, a soft skill side of things, you know, that the relationship is a focus um, regardless really of what situation you're in. I think um, as you said at the beginning, analytics are super important. Um, if you don't have analytics, you don't know how you're doing, but the relationship matters a lot too. I think it's really important to miss that.